This is Revision Church Atlanta podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Wesley Knight, the lead pastor here at Revision Church Atlanta. Here at RCA, we leverage the power of prayer, personal influence, community development, and love to empower transformation in Christ. We hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to go to the Word of God. I might not have time to get through all of this, but Matthew chapter 25. Because the Spirit's been speaking already. Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. I'll read in your hearing the English Standard Version. You can read along whatever version you might like at home, but we'll have it on the screen as well. Matthew 25. Verses 1 through 13, if you have it, if you're ready, shout yes. The Word of God says this. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry. Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered saying, since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, Jesus says, for you know neither the day nor the hour. I want to point your attention back to verse 2 and 3. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. Today, I want to preach from the subject, don't miss your assignment. Would you turn to the person beside you and say, don't miss your assignment? That neighbor might have looked at you a little crazy, like, why are you talking to me? Turn to somebody on the other side and just tell them, neighbor, don't miss your assignment. If you're at home, put it in the chat. Don't miss your assignment. Father, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We're grateful and we praise God for the moving of his spirit. At the beginning of every year, it brings a renewed expectation of what will come next. We are all waiting to see what's going to happen this year. 
Every year, we start out with New Year's resolutions that seem to dissipate by March, sometimes February, sometimes the end of the month. But we make these resolutions because we want to see the best version of ourselves realized in that calendar year. And at the beginning of the year, we have a renewed expectation of what is about to happen. This expectation causes us to clamor for clarity. In a real sense, most of us today watching online and in this building are really trying to understand from God what is it that I should expect for 2023 and when will it happen? This wondering, this searching for what will happen next is where we find ourselves in Matthew 25 for the historical and biblical context of Matthew 25 is actually Matthew 24. Make note, if you will, that the reason Matthew 25 is taught by Jesus is because of the question asked in Matthew 24, verse 3. The disciples of Jesus were expecting a new season where Jesus would return in his kingly power and overthrow Roman oppression and the oppression of the enemy. Don't miss this, they were expecting what was coming next. And their question is the question many of us have today. When? When? When will it happen? When will it turn around? When will I get married this year? When will I get the promotion this year? When? When will it happen that this family drama will die down? When will this ruptured relationship be reconciled? When? Am I talking to anybody here who's wrestling with a when? When will I finally increase my clientele and take the business to the next level? When will I get my breakthrough from this habit that's so easily besetting me? The question. The disciples had then and the disciples of today have now is when. But Jesus in Matthew 24 sets us up for Matthew 25. For if you don't understand the question, you don't understand the story that we're preaching today. If you're still with me, shout yes. It is here that Jesus turns their attention for the disciples are focused on when, the when of his return. Jesus redirects them to the how because they are so focused on time and chronology and when God will do something and what Jesus redirects them to understand is you don't need to know when you just need to know how to prepare for whenever it happens Jesus tells them hmm, not to focus on their expectation or when their expectation would be met, but how to prepare for their expectation. 
This text, Matthew 24 and 25, is what theologians call an eschatological uh, passage, that it speaks of last day events, the things that will happen in the last days. And no doubt, the disciples are trying to figure out the chronology, what will happen after this so that we can be prepared. Because unlike, uh, well, I should say, much like a lot of religious people today, they feel if they just know when, then they can be prepared. Uh, uh, and not only in the religious realm do we do this, but in our own lives. So a lot of you are fretting at the beginning of the year. We're only seven days in and you're stressed out already because you're trying to clarify chronology. Whereas Jesus is trying to get you to calm down to understand that just because if I told you when, you still would focus on some minute detail. So I don't bother telling you when. All you need to know is to be prepared. So he gives them this parable because they're focusing on when. He's trying to tell them how. In Matthew 25, he unpacks this parable of 10 bridesmaids. Your, in my version, it says virgins. This did not speak about their purity. Watch this, as much as their assignment. Stay with me today. <laughs> they, they, they are called virgins, which was synonymous with a bridemaid. They were bridesmaids. And Jesus tells this parable to show what we need to do and focus on in order to be ready to receive what's coming next. He says these 10, he says these 10 bridesmaids, these 10 virgins have been assigned to make sure they are ready when the groom comes. He is using, he is using the uh, the nomenclature and the visual stimulation of, of weddings in those ancient Israelite times and culture that, that you had 10 bridesmaids. And watch this, the bridesmaids were not assigned as much to the bride as they were assigned to the groom. Watch this that the bridesmaids were to help the bride prepare for the coming of the groom. So they would gather in one place. Watch this. And their job, their assignment was this. If you're making note, make note of this. Their assignment was to produce light so that when the groom came in the darkness of night, they could leave the procession because the groom was coming to receive the bride and take the bride to his house. And it was their culture that it would happen at night. Oh, you're missing it. So the assignment of the 10 bridesmaids was not to look pretty. The assignments of the bridesmaids was not to just have matching dresses. The assignment of the bridesmaids was when you hear the sound of the trumpet that the groom is coming, that you have lights ready so that you could light the way in the darkness for people to go home with the groom. Oh God, y'all gonna make me work hard today. Huh? 
And what you got to understand is, is that this assignment was to produce light. Now these 10 bridesmaids, they represent the church. Please notice that Jesus does not use the imagery of the bride as he usually would to represent the church because Jesus is trying to show that the church is made up of different individuals who have the same assignment. Mm. But the difference comes when only five fulfill the assignment and the other five look like they were going to do it, are in the same place, have the same equipment, but they do not follow through. You better preach, Holy Ghost. Ah, this corpus mixtum, this, this mixed multitude, these 10 individuals represent us. For understand, for many of us, our assignment is clear. We want to do more this year. We want to accomplish more this year. We want to be successful in our endeavors. Our assignment is clear for many of us. And as believers, especially Revision Church Atlanta, our assignment is clear. We are called to reintroduce people to the real Jesus. This assignment is clear that we are to be lights in the darkness. For make no mistake, we are in a real sense assigned to the darkness. Please note that the bridesmaid's job on this evening, I told you, is to produce light in the darkness. We are assigned to dark places. And oftentimes we are uh, complaining about the darkness, but we don't realize we have been called to be light in the darkness, not join the darkness. Now, now you must understand, I, I, I'm, I'm getting there. You got to understand then that if these 10 represent us and the assignment is to give light, how do they give light? I'm glad you asked. The Bible says they have lamps, but please don't miss this. These are not lamps that are vessels like we know or the ones you saw in the mid uh, part of last century with glasses and they have these mechanisms in order to light. No, understand this, huh, that these lamps, they have are not vessels they are oil soaked rags wrapped around heavy sticks in reality they're actually torches oil soaked rags wrapped on a stick which would go out very soon if you did not replenish the oil the rags, you're going to get it in a minute, needed to be saturated over and over with the oil due to the delay in the groom showing up. So that it says all 10 of them have their torches. All 10 of them are in the same place. Let me come a little bit closer. All 10 of them go to Revision Church Atlanta. All 10 of them believe in the seven-day Sabbath. All 10 of them keep the health message. All 10 of them are in the same place. Don't miss it. They've got the same equipment. They're dressed the same. They're in the same place. But there is a distinction. Five are wise and five are foolish. The five foolish are those, watch this, who have a rag wrapped around a stick. 
they've dipped it in oil, but they haven't brought enough oil, more than enough oil to last the night. I want you to understand this. The foolish were those who understood the assignment, but did not access the anointing. That, that, that's really all I came here to say. In 2021, this phrase was popularized on TikTok and popularized on IG. She understood the assignment. It is a popular statement that means that this is someone who has gone above and beyond the call of duty. That they were called to do this, but they went to the next level. They understood the assignment. And I know some of us got a little tired seeing that statement applied to everything. But can I help you to understand this? It's not enough to understand the assignment. Because all 10 of these bridesmaids understood the assignment. All 10 of them knew what they were called to do. All 10 of them knew what they were assigned to do. But the distinction is five of them were wise enough to bring more oil. And it is interesting that this word foolish is not stupid. This word foolish in the Greek is actually moros, from whence we get the word moron. These five foolish, now please understand that this meaning moron could be one who is dull, one who is, does not have understanding, mm, but lean into this. The meaning in this particular text, scholars agree, is that these five are moronic, not because they don't have intelligence. They are moronic because ah, they did not have what it took to be useful. Because those who are foolish might have intelligence, but when the assignment comes, they are no, not useful because they understood the assignment, but they did not understand the anointing. And I just came to let you know today, we are waiting for the next move this year, for the next season, for the next opportunity, but we aren't ready if we don't have enough oil. Now you must understand these lamps I told you are torches. They are oil-soaked rags wrapped around sticks. But the oil, you must understand, the lamp represents uh, knowledge, but the oil represents the Holy Ghost. And I guess what I'm really trying to say is, a lot of us understand our assignment, but because we have not yet fully accessed the Holy Spirit, we will be frustrated and have been frustrated in our walk with God because we know what to do but we don't have the power to do it and I wonder if I'm talking about 10 real people in the building I said only 10 because maybe only 10 of you are going to be honest can I have anybody to shoot up their hand and say that's me that I've been struggling because I know my assignment I know what to do I know what he's asked me to do he's laid it out plainly in his word I've heard him speak to me in the midnight hour but I just don't have the power the agency the capacity maybe Maybe it's because you got rags but no oil. 
And might I suggest to you that a lot of religious people, a lot of people in our faith tradition suffer from this um, because don't miss this. The lamp in scripture represents knowledge. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, the psalmist says. You can look throughout the Old and New Testament. The lamp represents, don't miss this, knowledge. The oil represents the Holy Ghost. The five foolish had the torch, but it wasn't soaked in the oil. And may I suggest to some of you, the reason why you're struggling is because you've got knowledge without the anointing. You've got the assignment without the power to do it. Uh, see, this is why Jesus is telling this story to the disciples because they're trying to figure out when and he's saying, y'all even got power to deal with the when. And that's why I got to get y'all to stop focusing on the when and I need y'all to get up into that upper room because if you get into that upper room, I can pour out my spirit on you and you can have the anointing you need to accomplish the assignment. All right, y'all, y'all looking bored. Let me, let, let me, let me rush to what the Spirit's really trying to say. Here's the thing: knowledge is not enough. If the lamps represent knowledge, lamps are uh, represent what we know. Knowledge gives us the ability to know what to do in our careers, the ability to know what to do in our relationships, the ability to know what to do with our lives. The problem is that when there is more knowledge you need more anointing I'll say it this way the larger the lamp the more oil you need and this is why some of you are running into some serious problems because our challenge is that our knowledge our knowledge has exceeded our anointing this is when you run into conservative people who want to tell you all the Bible they know quote quotes from Ellen White that nobody's read and they probably made up. Carry a big Bible, act holy and sanctimonious and holier than thou, but they ain't got no power to control themselves. Have you not noticed that some of the most conservative people are some of the most sexually deviant people you will ever meet? It's because their knowledge has exceeded their anointing. So they know a bunch of stuff that they don't have power to do yeah okay uh, uh, y'all gonna make me go there huh so 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 this is why brother you have the knowledge that you're married but you don't have the anointing to keep you out of that woman's bed you've got the knowledge sister that you belong to him but you don't have the anointing to keep you out of his arms you got the knowledge that you shouldn't open up your mouth and share anything that comes to your mind but you don't have the anointing to keep your mouth shut and I want to tell some real people do I have some witnesses here that know that you can get into trouble when your knowledge exceeds your anointing Think about it. This is why we're frustrated in our faith. We're trying to live out our purpose without enough oil. So we know more, but don't have anointing to act on it. And I want to show you in the word how this happens. Because, huh, 
our church and other denominations and churches in the Christian faith have focused so much on knowing, so much on knowledge. We used to give people 27, now it's 28, trying to figure out how many more doctrines we gonna add. But we keep adding to the doctrines. We had to give you all the doctrines up front because we were, hmm, God, I feel it. Because what we were doing is trying to teach you that if you knew it, you would do it. And do I have some witnesses here that know that that ain't the way it works? You knew not to eat certain things. You still picked up the fork. You knew not to go to certain places. You still found yourself in the club. You knew not to go to that hotel, but you still went anyway. You knew not to say it, but you said it anyway. We don't need more knowledge. I know enough. I, I'm in the word. Can I push it a little bit further? In Genesis, God shows us he did not want them to eat, watch this, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because without the indwelling of the Holy Ghost, they wouldn't know what to do with the knowledge they receive. Sin, I'm preaching theology now, sin came into this world when humans gained knowledge without anointing. The knowledge of good and evil was so powerful that just having, watch this, and, and, and I really want to, I really want you to get this today because there's a lot of you who think your safety is in, well, pastor, I don't just have knowledge, I, I, I talk to God. I'm with him. But do you understand when sin entered into the world, they were with God. God would visit them in the garden at the cool of the day. Which means, oh, somebody's going to get this. Being with God is not enough when you know good and evil. I, I, I'm going to push you today. I'm going to disturb your sensitivity because you thought you were special because you read your Bible in the morning. You thought you were ready to go because you read your little devotion. You thought you good because you read your little text of the day. That's spending time with God. That's called visitation. But that's not the same as habitation. Spending time with God is having a visit. But having the anointing is having him live in you. And do I have somebody here that knows I don't need God to visit me. I don't need God to stop by at night. I don't need God to take a walk with me. I need God to live in me. Gotta be saturated. The rag was only a lamp when it was saturated. Other than that, it's just a rag. And maybe that's why we come to church 
sing feel good and leave the same way because we came in a rag and we left out a rag and our life is in rags because we didn't get saturated by the oil can, can I push it a little bit further I'm almost through you got to be saturated uh, 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 uh. y'all ain't gonna like me for this but I'm gonna tell you the truth I was talking to one of my pastoral colleagues the other day and we were remarking about, we were talking about the fact that weddings have changed amongst the believers. Uh, that these weddings have changed. Y'all doing the most at these weddings. We were talking about this. We were saying, isn't it funny? You've seen over the years that these weddings, it seems like the goal in having a wedding today is to have a sexy wedding. So we don't play no spiritual music at the wedding anymore. Uh, yeah, I, I know, I know, you uncomfortable. We don't, we, we don't talk about God. I've had people give me the program to their weddings, Pastor Bernard, and there ain't no place for scripture reading, ain't no place for the pastor to impart some word, ain't no place to have something sacred. It's all just playing Beyonce and playing who Daniel Caesar and you the best part of me and all of that, and I get all that. Listen, I'm all for dancing and celebrating at the reception but God has not called us to have sexy weddings he's called us to have sacred weddings when's the last time the Holy Ghost broke out in a, in a, in a, in a marriage, in a wedding where the Holy Ghost took over when's the last time the Holy Ghost swept over uh, the groom and the bride where they caught the Holy Ghost in the service see y'all don't want none of that cause you focus on IG you wanna post it so it looks good for the culture but we ain't here for the culture we here for the Christ and I'm saying if you start with a sexy wedding you might not have a sacred marriage but is there anybody here that knows it ain't your pictures that keep you together it ain't the fancy flying drone over you that keeps you together it ain't the DJ playing your favorite songs that keeps you together is there anybody here who knows it's the Holy Ghost. Y'all better start making room for God on your day because you're going to need him next month. Y'all better stop making room for the Holy Spirit to move. I know the Spirit ain't on your program, but you better make room because if not, all you got's a rag. I'm almost through. Here we go. So, so how do I do it, Pastor? How do I start this year with the amount of oil I need to make it? Here's what you got to understand. Number one, you got to access the anointing. Somebody shout access. Access the anointing. Please note, all ten actually started with oil. It's right there in your story. They all had their lamps. They all had oil. It's just when the bridegroom came, the wise ones, the five wise, reached into and accessed their extra oil. This means that the lamp, the rags, don't light up unless you've got fresh oil. This means that the knowledge you had last year won't really help you to win this year. I'll say it this way. 
if you are in the same place spiritually now as you were January 2022, it's time to, for you to dip your dip in the oil again. This means that you might be working on an old operating system. This means that you might be going with what worked yesteryear, but it's not going to work for this year. The five reached down, watch this, and they redip, they resaturate, they start because the new season is coming, they start in a new and fresh way, and that is what God is calling us to do. Access your anointing. You do know if you are a believer, you are already anointed. If you are a believer, you already have access to everything God has for you. And I need some people here today to not leave this church without accessing your anointing. It's the anointing that makes the difference. It's the anointing, the, the filling of the Holy Spirit that gives you discernment where you can know without knowing. It's the Holy Spirit, that anointing that gives you strength to push forward when you get tired. Is there anybody here that knows you need to access the anointing? Number two, you got to huh, protect your anointing. Hmm. Uh, you, you, you've got to you got to protect it uh, because the Bible says the five foolish, the five morons, those who could not be useful to fulfill their assignment, they go and they say, "Can you give us some of your oil?" You better be careful because anointing is not transferable. Huh. But you can let somebody disturb your anointing. See, they put up boundaries around their anointing because if you're not careful, people can come into your space and disturb your spirit. Have you ever got on the phone with somebody and you had a good attitude and by the time you got off the phone with that family member that you felt obligated to talk to because they family and by the time you get off your whole disposition has changed? It's because you didn't protect your spirit. When the person comes to your house with a foul spirit and then when they leave two hours later you and your boo are arguing you trying to figure out where it came from it's because you let a foul spirit come into your space. They said, no, 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 you ain't coming up in here to get some of our oil because we got this oil for us. Oil ain't transferable and I'm going to not let anybody get some of my anointing. Third thing, check your level of anointing. Pastor, how do I do this? How do I check my level of anointing? How do I know where I am? It's in Galatians chapter 5, 22 through 25. It's here that we see what the writer calls the fruit of the Spirit. Here's how you know your level of anointing. If you've got a saturated rag or you've got something that's dried up. It's if you don't have the fruit of the Spirit in abundance. If your peace is low, your anointing is low. If your joy is low, oh, I wish I could hang out right here. That's why a lot of saints don't have no joy. It's because 
your anointing is low. If your self-control, you just can't say no. If your self-control is low, it's because your anointing is low. You know where you are in your anointing based on the fruit of the Spirit. And this year, I believe God wants to not only dip you, but saturate you. So that you have joy the world can't give and the world can't take away. You have peace that passes all understanding. And you are able to, as I take my seat, as we get ready to end, and you're able to be a light. For I told you, the lamps they're talking about were torches. Oil-soaked rags wrapped around a heavy stick. And the way you made light was to huh, set it on fire. Because you can't have light, even if you're oil soaked, unless you're set on fire. Y'all not going to shout through here. You can't make light. You can't be a witness unless you're set on fire. Nobody will know you're a believer until you go through fiery trials. Because believers aren't those who praise God when everything is good. Believers are those who praise God when they're set on fire. Uh, let me illustrate. Huh? My wife, years ago, years ago, years ago, the kids were really little. She asked me to make her some tea. Put the water in the kettle. She said, make me some tea. I took the kettle. I put it on the, uh, on the stove, on the top of the stone. I turned it up. I turned it up all the way. Now, I did not check to see if it was filled all I did was turn up the heat I turned up the heat thinking I'm gonna make warm up some water make her some tea until I started smelling something and I realized the pot was burning and then I figured out the reason the pot was burning is because fire was introduced to an empty vessel and maybe that's why a lot of us are giving up on God. Maybe that's why a lot of us are walking away from the church. Maybe that's why a lot of us don't feel like praying. Because the fire is going to come. You can't stop the fiery trial from coming. But Jesus is saying, I want you to be prepared. Because if the fire comes, if the heat is applied to an empty vessel, all it's going to do is burn up. But I learned my lesson Sheldon and the next time I made sure the vessel was filled I applied the heat and after a while guess what it made some noise it made some noise to let me know what's in me is ready to be poured out because what's in me has been prepared by the heat that's been applied come here is there anybody that knows the heat's gonna be applied this year but I'm not walking in an empty vessel I'm going to be saturated I'm going to be filled and when they talk about me I'm going to make some noise and when they stab me in the back I'm going to make some noise and when they lay me off I'm going to make some noise for the Lord has been too good to me and if I don't cry out the rocks will cry out and I don't want no rock crying out for me somebody say yeah 
I'm gonna be filled so when the fire hits me I'll be a living testimony God is good and greatly to be praised I need the anointing I don't want a visitation I want a habitation And that's why Jesus went to Calvary. He was lifted up on a stick. An oil-soaked rag lifted up on a stick. It was there that the fire of crucifixion and the fire of persecution was applied and he lit a blaze for he told them, if I be lifted up, I'll make a light that every man can see. Don't miss your assignment by thinking all you've got to do is know what to do. I don't want you to miss any blessing, any deliverance, any gift God has for you this year. Don't miss your assignment. You gotta access the anointing. Let's pray. Now Father, as we dip our rags into the oil again, we pray that you will not just simply meet our expectations, but you will supersede them. Exceed them, God, abundantly. As we dip ourselves in the oil once again, I pray that every person receiving anointing today will receive all the power, that will receive all, all of the energy, Receive everything they need, perspective, all the faith, all the hope, all the strength they need to be a light this year. We thank you. We thank you for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name, amen. If you are being blessed by this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us. You can give through our website at revisionchurchatlanta.org slash give. Or if you're local to Atlanta, Georgia, sign up to join a Revision volunteer team by texting CREW to 833-406-0775. That's CREW, C-R-E-W, to 833-406-0775. We hope you have a phenomenal week.